the Indianapolis Colts have really big wide receivers. They are really tall. It seems like Chris Ballard is trying to put together a roster of really, really tall guys to go catch Matt Ryan's passes. Is that the right tactic? Is Chris Ballard gaming the system in the right direction? And what about the payroll? Paying the number of people at the positions that the Colts do at the level they pay them, is that sustainable? Is that also gaming the system? And is it gaming the system in the right direction? A lot of questions about the Indianapolis Colts, and this is a time to ask them. We got about two weeks till the opening of training camp. This is a time to look at Chris Ballard and his methodology and say, okay, it's going to put the Colts in a position to win, or they're 42 and 42 for a reason. We'll look at it. The Indiana Pacers last night, winners against the Detroit Pistons in the Summer League. It's not about winning and losing. It's about development. We know that, and it's about Benedict Matherin. It was also, though, about a newcomer to the Pacers in the Summer League who really looked good on both sides of the ball. Cubs, losers last night to the... uh, to the Orioles. Uh, the Cubs are uh, a rudderless ship, and the Ricketts, if you could fire owners, who would you fire first in Chicago? My God, would it be the McCaskies? Would it be the Ricketts? Would it be Reinsdorf? Would it be the Wurtzes? I don't know. Like, that's, that's anywhere else, it would be really, really easy to identify one and say they got to go. In Chicago, it's completely different. The ABA players, and this is important in the city of Indianapolis, where a bunch of former ABA players continue to live, the NBA is going to open up its wallet a little bit and give these guys some financial help, and it's about time. Good for them. This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, July 13th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. They got solutions for your problems, plumbing-wise. They don't have solutions life problems. Like, if you got a life problem, don't call the Johnsons. But, although they're very smart people, but if you got plumbing problems, that's the right number to call. 765-610-8809. They're wonderful at what they do. Very, very uh, hospitable. Very, uh, they're excellent plumbers at any rate. Give them a call. Uh, Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're looking for 189 likes. Hit the like button as you watch this and make that total jump to our goal today. And uh, if you want to donate, if you want to ask a question, I got a good graphic if you donate. It shows quickly on the screen and boom, we uh, we answer the question immediately if you you want to do that. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. I thought it was interesting to look at the receivers in the NFL, the top receivers, the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. How tall are they? Is, is being 6'4 a prerequisite to being a really, really good wide receiver in the NFL? The answer is kind of interesting. Cooper Cup, number one in terms of yards receiving for the Los Angeles Rams, he's 6'2". He's the tallest of the wide receivers in the top 10 of wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, Jefferson for the Vikings, 6'1". Devontae Adams for the Raiders, he's 6'1". Jamar Chase is 6'1". Debo Samuel, 6 feet. Tyreek Hill, 5'10". Stephon Diggs, 6 feet. Tyler Lockett, 5'10". Uh, Deontay Johnson, 5'10". A.J. Moore, 6 feet tall. Among the top 10 in receiving yards, one stands out as tall. He 
is a tight end, and that's Mark Andrews with the Ravens. So it would seem that if you want a wide receiver who is going to be able to excel, at least in terms of receiving yards, getting a guy who's 6'4", might not be the way to go. It might be that you want somebody who is six feet tall, 6'1", 6'2". And the Colts have got one of those, and that's Paris Campbell, the oft-injured Paris Campbell, we hope, saying a prayer that Paris Campbell is going to be able to matriculate his way through the 2022 football season without yet another injury, because that's critical for the Colts. The Colts have Pittman, they have Pierce, they have Campbell, and then you got a bunch of guys. No offense to Patman and Strawn and uh, Kiki Kute and all those guys, but my goodness, um, you know what? There is a cliff after those first three, and that's why people keep haranguing Chris Ballard to build some depth. What? How tall are the Colts? Pittman's 6'4". Pierce is 6'3". Campbell is six feet tall. That would seem to be in line with the other guys who excel at that position. Strun, 6'5", Patman, 6'4". Then you get to the tight ends, and these guys are behemoths. They're huge. Uh, Jelani Woods is 6'7". Ogletree is 6'7". Ali Cox is 6'5", and Granson, 6'2". So targeting height, and, and I would go back to Indiana University's football program. There was a time about five, six years ago where everybody... Every receiver that Indiana had was 6'4", 6'5". These were the most impressive-looking guys coming off the bus you've ever seen in your life. They all looked like the reincarnation of Calvin Johnson. They didn't play like that, though. You think you've got an advantage at wide receiver being 6'5", because you can high-point the ball, right? You can go up and get it over a 5'10 cornerback. That's not the way it always works. We'll see if that winds up being an asset, a meaningful asset for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's talk about pay. The way the Colts are paid, the top eight guys. Here's how the money is spread out among the top eight paid Colts. Three of those guys are offensive linemen. Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, not in order of income. Three of them are defensive linemen. DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Yannick Ngakwe not in order of what they get paid. Matt Ryan is an anomaly, kind of a talent, a skill position where they invest heavily. And then uh, the other is, who they got that's the other? Um, oh, Darius Leonard, of course, a linebacker. The other teams who, who play at a really, really high level, you look at the two Super Bowl teams, the Rams, the Bengals, they kind of spread the wealth. They don't pay any position group. Uh, as much as the Colts pay those three. Colts, three on the offensive line, three on the defensive line. The Rams, two wide receivers, two linebackers are among their top eight paid. The Bengals, uh, three defensive linemen and two safeties, which is kind of odd. It doesn't really fit the format either for Chris Ballard or uh, uh, Bill or Chris Polian before him. Ryan Grigson, I don't... Ryan Grigson pays safeties? I haven't even looked it up. Um, the 49ers, two defensive ends, two offensive tackles, and then linebackers, quarterback, and safety. The Bills, two offensive linemen, quarterback, wide receiver, uh, defensive tackle, safety, and cornerback. So the Colts, 
when Chris Ballard says we are building from the inside out, he means it. Not just in terms of like signing guys and drafting guys, but in paying guys and and rewarding these guys for excellence. Those are, and the guys who aren't being paid at that level, Matt Pryor is still a top twelve guy in terms of salary for the Colts, and then uh, you, you do get a, a bit of a break with the other offensive lineman uh, with Danny Pinter. Then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Quiddy Pay, who's in his rookie contract. I don't know what's going to happen with the Colts next offseason when they have to pay. They have to negotiate extensions for Jonathan Taylor and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. You're going to have to figure some things out because these guys are going to be due a hell of a lot of money. you got to pay those guys in order to get them to play for you, in order to get them to stick for you. Uh, Pittman last year, 88 catches, 1,082 yards, expects to do at least as well this coming year or right around the same level. Maybe a few more yards because we would expect more yards after the catch from Matt Ryan because he's going to hit him on time and on target. Jonathan Taylor is not going to run for 1,811 yards again. It's statistically almost impossible. You would have to go back to O.J. Simpson to see a guy who followed up 1,800 with 1,800, maybe Eric Dickerson. You know, Walter Payton never did uh, what Jonathan Taylor is going to try to do. Um, we'll see, but you got to pay Jonathan Taylor, and you got to pay Michael Pittman, and that that's non-negotiable. you got to pay Kenny Moore, too, uh, moving forward. A lot of decisions coming. Chris Ballard hadn't had to deal with the cap. You know, Chris Ballard has underpaid to the cap throughout his time with the Colts. This year, not so much, and it's going to get complicated next year. We'll see what happens. Let's talk about the Pacers. Pacers victorious last night. Very, very nice. What I really enjoyed watching about the Pacers last night was uh, Neesmith. Neesmith, uh, recently acquired as part of the Malcolm Brogdon uh, Van Lota guys who came from the Boston Celtics. I thought he played really good defense last night. I, I thought he, the defensive intensity that he brought, granted it was his first time playing in the summer league for the Pacers. I don't know if that brings any more energy, but he looked really good on the defensive end. He also scored a little bit. He had 12 points in 25 minutes. Isaiah Jackson didn't miss a shot last night. He was 7 for 7, 14 points in 21 minutes. Benedict Matherin, 20 points in 19 minutes, and he got to the line 10 times. Now, playing in the NBA regular season is going to be different for Matherin. In the summer league, you're playing against a lot of really, really young guys, not too terribly big, not girthy, you know what I mean? But when you get to the regular season, when you get knocked around at the level that Matherin's getting knocked around and going to the line at that kind of rate, you're going to absorb a bunch of punishment, and, and hopefully he's resilient in bouncing back from that punishment. Uh, Pacers, a chance to go 3-1 and one in the regular season during the summer league this coming Friday. They play against Washington, and if they go 3-1, and one, they got a chance at least to play in the finals of the summer league. There's one undefeated team at 2-0. and oh. They still have two games left, and there are 10 teams at 2-1. and one. A lot of teams at 2-1, and one, so it's going to come down to point differential in all likelihood. Uh, if you want to get excited about the Pacers based upon their summer league play, you go right ahead. 
There is nothing wrong with being optimistic. It's Optimism Wednesday, right? Nothing wrong with being optimistic. Nothing wrong with being excited in July for the Pacers. Now, if they get off to a 12 and 40 start, your excitement is going to be ill-invested. However, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think the Pacers have a chance to be reasonably good next year. And if they trade for DeAndre Ayton, Ayton is enough of an upgrade in almost every way from Miles Turner, just not in terms of blocks, I guess, but he's an upgrade in enough ways that, and with Matherin, with Duarte a year, older year better, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith for an entire season, Halliburton for an entire season, maybe healed for an entire season, you're looking at, at a team that projects to be better. No more watching Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner sit around in street clothes. That's going to be fun. That's going to be nice. Uh, Cubs lost last night 4-2. to They got off to a 2 nothing start. They can't hold on. Ian Happ. Interesting thing about Ian Happ. Ian Happ is a top 30 home run guy in Cubs history. He is one behind Jim Hickman and Cap Anson for 27th ever. The top eight. Can you name the top eight in Cubs history in terms of home runs? Sosa, Banks, Williams, Santo, Sandberg, then it gets kind of complicated. Rizzo, Ramirez, Hartnett. There you go. The Open Championship begins tomorrow morning, way early. John Daly, 2.52 a.m. here. So it's 7.52 a.m. at St. Andrews. He's going to go off. We always root for J.D. Love J.D. Tiger Woods. A little more manageable tea, tea time for people who want to watch him play his first round at St. Andrews. He goes off at 10.59. Jordan Spieth immediately after that at 10.10. Let's celebrate some birthdays on, wow, have we had a run of weather or not? I know it's not great for the farmers being this dry, but my God, <clears throat> we haven't seen a cloud minus a little bit over the weekend on Sunday. Haven't seen a cloud in about a month. This is fantastic. I don't complain about a lack of rain. Train tonight at Ruoff with Jewel and Blues Traveler. Of course we'll be there, at least for part of it. We got the lawn pass. So we scoot in, we scoot out, done. See a little bit of music. It's 12 minutes away from the house. We enjoy it. All right, birthdays. Molly Wright, Sherry Maple, Brian Gentrip, happy birthday. Mike Stern, the great Chris Files, videographer to the stars. Will Herring, happy birthday, and Steve Isaacs, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other. Don't, don't yell at each other. Don't make each other miserable. Don't get impatient. Impatience isn't going to get you to the front of the line any quicker. Relax. Take a deep breath and enjoy your life. We'll talk to you a little bit later today inside Indiana Sports Now. And there's a lot to talk about where it comes to the Colts.